Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from PaintEd with Torlando. In this episode, Torlando talks with Wendy Christie, an HR expert with more than 30 years of hiring and HR experience. They discuss developing the right questions to ask, to sort out the bad apples, and to build a team that will make for a fun culture and profitable business. This episode is brought to you by 3M and Federated Insurance. Welcome to Paint Ed. My name is Torlando. Uh, So glad to be here with you today. We got Wendy Christie on the show today from employer eSource. She's going to be a uh, presenter at the expo, which is happening in March the 20, uh, the second through the fourth this year um, down in Orlando, Florida. If you have uh, desires to go down to Orlando and tack on a couple days and, and uh, check out uh, Disney World and the Epcot Center and, and uh, the Universal Studios, maybe get on that Harry Potter ride where I lost my cell phone back in 2010, uh, then come on down to the expo. It's going to be a really great time. We're going to have a lot of wonderful contractors there, a lot of great speakers, um, and it's so exciting. It's so exciting to be able to be back. Um, you know, of course, in the last uh, two years during the pandemic, a lot of our uh, live events have been shut down. Last year, we uh, had the virtual expo. Um, but we're going to be back. And, uh, you know, of course, I encourage you when you do come um, to be smart and to care about others, you know, um, please, please, please wear wear a mask, um, get tested before you come, uh, you know, uh, please consider the vaccine. Um, you know, it's it's uh, it's it's important to think of others and and their and their rights and their freedoms and their ability to, to live and uh, uh, a healthy, a healthy life. And if we do this right, then we have a great ep- uh, expo. Everybody stays safe, and um, you know we can uh, enjoy the the education, the camaraderie that comes from being together. Uh, this show and others are all available on PCA Overdrive, where there there is uh, four hundred hours of content, five ninety nine per month. If you're not a member, free. If you are a member. And speaking of those member benefits, um, there are so many cool benefits that come from being a member of the PCA. Uh, we've got PCA medical benefits now where you can quote uh, health insurance for your employees. You can uh, actually put together plans that are affordable, that you can do, that are doable. You can customize those plans, which is a huge, huge draw for trying to get people to work for us, which is what we're going to be talking about today. I'll tell you what, um, getting people to work for us is so difficult. Finding the workers, there just aren't enough uh, workers out there. Uh, PCA is doing so much to try and help that. We've got cool things happening with Find a Painter, where uh, you will be able to 
uh, post jobs. That's an upcoming feature. You'll be able to post jobs, not just get found now, but actually post job listings and get uh, get that job list listing posted through uh, several different job boards through our partners with VVHR. Really awesome, awesome stuff coming up uh, on the horizon with PCA. Highly, highly recommend taking advantage of your member benefits. If you are not yet a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org to become one. So, you know, uh, this this year, I've I've just been talking so much about the the hiring issue. It is uh, it's it's mm, you know you you drive down the street, you see the for help signs. You've got restaurants who have reduced hours because they can't find uh, people to staff their uh, you know the restaurant. Um, you've got uh, a, a waiting list for you know for for work that is you know some of you might even be booked. Uh, into the summer by now, um, and finding the help uh, is just so, so difficult. Um, I get it. I have made some bad hires in the past. I've had some great, great employees. Don't get me wrong. I love, I love, love, love those employees who who uh, who, who showed up, worked hard, did quality work, uh, good attitude. I love those folks. But it's true. I brought in some bad apples and, you know, the thing about a bad apple is it definitely can spoil a bunch. I have had some of my favorite painters leave because I made a bad hire and they didn't want to work there anymore because, well, the culture had shifted that person, that coworker that you, you forced them to start training and, and they don't, you know, they don't shut their mouth. They, they keep talking. They're super annoying. They don't fit the culture. They, uh, you know, they're, uh, on their cell phone half the day, you know, all of these things, you bring them in and they cause your good people to leave. And that's not right. That's not, that's not, uh, that's not right. But it's, but it's on you because you did the hiring. You did the interview. You asked the questions. You made the judgment. You called the references or maybe you didn't call the references. That is on you. And so today I want to bring on Wendy Christie from employer eSource to talk a little bit about some best practices surrounding hiring. I feel like we can't, we just can't get enough information on this topic, especially this season in our lives as we're preparing to grow for the next year. Let's go ahead and bring on Wendy Christie to the show. Hey, Wendy, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you today? Good, good. I'm doing I'm doing wonderful. So, um you are with uh, Employer Esource. Um tell us a little bit about what you guys do and some of the some of the main challenges that you solve. Well, our company is a HR company that we help companies uh help them learn how to hire correctly, make sure that they follow all the correct state laws that they're in when they're hiring and they have employees, uh, then we help them with problems. If they have any problem employees that they need to deal with, we help them deal with that. Uh, anything regarding HR, we help the companies with to make sure that they stay in compliance with their state law, federal law, and then their industry standards to make mm -hmm. sure they're a success. Very, very interesting. Very good. You know, small business, especially in the paint contracting field, you know, we aren't going to have 
an HR person on staff, you know, that, you, you know, it's, it's kind of like, well, you're looking at them or, you know, or maybe it's my, my spouse, you know, who, uh, most of the time stays home with the kids, but, uh, you know, on the side, uh, you know, does a little bit of the, this side work here. Um, but you guys help out. Um, I think that's a really, I think that's a really great service. So, um, on, on this topic of, avoiding the bad apples from the beginning what are some of the main red flags that we that we could point out when going through that process how do we avoid bringing in a bad apple to begin with well one of the things you want to look at the questions that you ask you kind of want to ask questions to see whether they get they got along at their previous jobs with their boss or their coworker. You know, everybody has a situation where they might leave a job because they don't get along with their boss. There's there's mm -hmm. jerks. There are bosses out there that are jerks. And, yeah, totally. And people leave. So but if you're interviewing something, somebody and they've had, you know, six different jobs in the past four or five years and they have nothing good to say about any one of those people that they've worked with, mm -hmm. then that then that's a red flag. If they're completely negative, uh, you want you want to pay attention to that. If something was, you know, if that job it was the problem of that, uh, you know, of that owner, or the other job it was a problem because of that other coworker. Right. Those those are things that you that are clearly a red flag. So you want to you want to be able to identify whether they're accepting taking enough responsibility for things that went wrong or um, passing the blame, right? Yep. Definitely want, yeah. If somebody comes in and they have a negative vibe, that person's going to bring that negative vibe into the workplace to all your other coworkers. Totally. Totally. And so, um, and so with that, um, you know, if, if that's kind of the topic of, you know, of our discussion, how do you avoid the, the bad apple from coming in? What are the process? What is What are the steps of, um, the interview, you know, how many interviews should you have? Um, how many references should you call? Should you call, um, you know, all of them? Or is there, is there any other, are there any other things that we could do? These are some of the questions that I want to drill into this conversation. And so let's just start with um, figuring out your interview process. What are the things, what are the first things that we need to know in terms of developing our interview process? Well, right now with the interview process, you need to be on the money with with hire, doing those interviews right away. People are getting offered jobs right now when they go to an interview and before they even walk out the door, people are being offered jobs. Mm -hmm. So you need to, if you're posting your job and you're thinking, oh, okay, well, I'll post this job on Craigslist right now or Facebook, hire, uh, but I'm not going to be able to get around to interviewing for a week or two. Well, then you just wasted your money on posting that job because in a week or two, those people that were applying for a job are all going to be gone. Right. So right. you don't have the time to sit down and interview those people. I more than one interview nowadays, unless you're hiring for an executive level position, like somebody who's running your company, those uh, two interview jobs you, are not really happening anymore. Because people are not sticking around to wait and see whether you want to hire them. If yeah. you want to hire them, you need to you need to post your job, 
you get the application, you bring them in for an interview, hopefully within 24 hours. And oh, wow. then, then you, then, then, and I've had situations where I've brought them in immediately after we got the application, we interviewed them that night. I went, um, I went home, I went back to the office the next morning. I called references. I called to offer them a job at 10 o'clock the next day after checking references and they've already accepted a job in another place Wow! because they went for an interview at eight o'clock in the morning and got offered another job. Wow. Wow. So, that's, that's a little scary because you know, it, that doesn't give you a lot of time to figure out where, you know, wh whether that's the right thing. I mean, I, I remember in my process, I would, I would even tell people to think about it over the weekend, sleep on it, a, a you know, a day or two. Um, but that might not be feasible today. That is definitely not the way the trend is going right now. There are so few employees and everybody is having such a hard time that if you find one and I hate to, cause I'm a long time HR person. I've done yeah. HR for like 30 years or more. I hate to say how old I am, <laughs> but so I've done well, it. Well, you've been doing really it since long. you were born is what, what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. And, um, and it's, and it used to be that you would wait and that you had the time and you just don't have the time anymore. Those people are accepting jobs. If it's a good employee, they're not going to last. They're kind of gold right now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, my, my old hiring process was, um, and, and I, and I would, I would get a lot of applicants. And so I'd, I'd have to kind of use technology to facilitate some of these things. So, you know, the first thing that I would always do is I would have them, um, you know, use an online scheduling link to schedule a 15 minute phone call interview. From there, I would bring them in and have like, you know, a sit down interview. From there, I would say, okay, let's go to the job, go to a job site and, and gain, you know, it would be kind of a skills challenge. Um, I'm wondering, and then from there, I would be like, okay, I'm gonna, you know, make my decision the next couple of days and, and check your references, all that to, to speed that up. There's some of that. I think that I would be okay with, but I think that I would probably just go right into that phone interview like I did before, but I think I would probably just by necessity have to get them onto a job site, maybe have a more qualitative phone interview, maybe turn it into video. I think probably people are more, you know, back then people, not everybody was used to video conferencing. They weren't used to Zoom. I think they probably are now. So maybe I change that into a video interview and then bring them to the job site as soon as possible to to assess that out. Um, that's probably what I would instinctually do if I if you're if I've got this new news that, oh, I got to speed up my interview process here. And then maybe if they uh, do a good job, I <laughs> invite them to keep working that day and come in the next day. Or uh, if if not, you know, I say, hey, thanks. Here's a you know, here's a gift card as a token of our appreciation of coming out. You know, uh, good, best of luck to you, maybe. But um, what can you tell me? What you think about that? Can you give me a little critique? Am I am I is that does that make sense? No, that sounds good. The only question that I would have for you in that situation is you are having that person come out and you're kind of giving them a shot for the day. And it's nice that you're giving them a gift card, but you also have to be paying them. Mm -hmm. You have to put them on payroll. You have to put them on your workman's comp because they still are being paid. 
And that that's a, you know, as long as you're paying them for the work that they're doing, even though it's kind of like a trial session, uh, that would, that's fine. That, you're you know, positive you can, about that. Even if it's just an hour. Yes. If I do any work for you, you need to pay that person. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't. Um, well, I know that I know they need to be paid, but in terms of like, uh, you know, put it cause, cause the thing is, is that, you know, a, a you could pay anybody less than if you, as long as you're not paying them more than $600 annually, um, you know, they could be paid as a subcontractor. Am I, am I, am I getting myself into trouble here with that thinking? Uh, um, well that you're kind of getting into as paid as a subcontractor versus, uh, versus paid as an employee. The only real, what's going to happen is, you know, that old saying, but you know, they, they climbed up the ladder to the roof as a subcontractor and when they or uh as an employee and when they fell down the ladder they were a subcontractor is your workman's mm -hmm. comp is mm -hmm. basically what i'm if if you eat no matter how long if you have somebody come on and they get yeah. hurt yeah yeah for sure yeah that's my that's a red flag that's a that could be potentially a big problem okay. is uh is and if they were a true subcontractor you know then you're going to get into the debate was were they a true subcontractor you know does that accident get covered under your workman's comp or does it you know is it under their owns because they were a subcontractor yeah. should they have been an employee uh, could i could i because because the the to be honest you know the the skills test it's kind of it's kind of critical like you kind of have to know where they're at and i know a lot of contractors actually do this um you know because at the end of the day you know can they can they uh can they work with a brush or can't they are they trainable or aren't they um you know do i you know some of them i know have a shop and the ability to you know bring them into to a shop and and uh you know do a little skills challenge there um i just i just need to know what's what's lawful here and what what the risks are because because that's kind of an right. important piece you can like you can give anybody uh you can like you can give anybody an a test or a skills challenge like you said but what you have to make sure that you're doing is that you're doing it the same for everybody yeah so you can't you can't just have one person come in and decide that you want to give them a skills test for the interview or one applicant and then all the other applicants you're not going to do that to. yeah so uh so it's not a problem to do that okay uh does it does you, it need to be does it have to be like in a what what can what can constitute a, an okay environment can i do it in uh does it have to be like in my shop or is is the is the is an actual job site going to be a problem once again the only problem that you're going to have is if you bring them on a job site is if they get hurt sure so you want to make sure that that if you are bringing them on the job site and you know the fact of the matter is is that if you're paying it's someone 30 let's say you're paying somebody 30 bucks an hour mm -hmm. or even 50 bucks an hour and you want them to come in and work there for an hour to see how well they're doing uh just if you just at least pay them that 50 bucks for mm -hmm. coming in and assessing it's going to be cheaper than if you have a problem down the road yeah yeah, for sure. So, for sure. you know, even if you just pay them that hourly wage to have them come in, but you can also have, uh, you know, you can expand your application. One of the things that we do in our business 
is we really try to expand our applications by industry. Mm-hmm. So for example, in the autumn, we work a lot in the automotive industry. Mm-hmm. So with mechanics and things like that, and we expanded the application to ask questions about, um, like if you were to have a vehicle, like at what point would you service the oil or would you service the transmission fluid or so you could really think another area to help with that is try to expand your application to ask questions that are your trade specific that would give you some answers on whether they know what they're talking about mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. can test their their level of where they're at yeah 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 and i mean the thing is is you know there's a big 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 push um for the last several years to be training apprentices so people who definitely don't know what they 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 don't know what they're doing in terms of the trade specifically but what we're looking for is you know the coachability trainability hustle you know uh the customer service you know do they have some enough soft skills to uh you know to work directly with a customer type of deal um so yeah i think we're gonna have to use put on our thinking caps to think of creative ways to figure out their qualifications through the questions um in particular right and then you can you know and then you can assess them they might be able to come in as an apprentice and you can have a lot of one of the great ways to retain people is to have a program that they can come into your company and they can see that they're not going to be just in this one position that if they want to have the opportunity to grow and develop their skills uh so when you're advertising your your jobs you can advertise them to you know so that they can grow and they can develop within the company so if there's classes that they can take you know that you can say that you can send them to if there's uh certifications that they can get or if there's specialty you know things that they can learn that you can you can say hey listen you know you can come and work for our company and you can start as an apprentice and learn the trade and we have all these stepping stones where you can grow so then now you're hiring the right employee that you're giving a chance to you're giving somebody the ability to go into a trade where they can make good money and they can see a path and then that keeps you hiring the right person and keeps them there because you have retention right 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 so how what's the best way to come up with good interview questions well, one of the best, one of the interview questions that I like to see whether they, uh, to see whether they fit within the company is you ask questions uh, like, um, can you ex- give me an example of a time that you had uh, fun with your coworkers and that you had an enjoyable time? Mm-hmm. And you want to look at the answers to those questions to make sure that they're not like degrading. They weren't, they weren't using another employee, you know, making fun of them as a way to have fun, or they weren't, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. they weren't degrading the company or they weren't being rude to customers or that it was like good fun where nobody was being harmed or felt bad about themselves. Yeah. Uh, And really ask questions. You want to ask open-ended questions where they can, um, they have, they, they can add a lot. So you don't want to ask yes or no questions. Mm -hmm. And one of the keys to interviewing in your questions is um, silence. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when don't jump in and fill in the answers for them. If they if they're kind of like ho humming around about the answer and stuff like that, 
a lot of people will jump in to in order to try and keep the conversation moving right and, and if you don't do that they will tend to do that and then they'll talk more yeah yeah and, i and somebody told me more. somebody told me a long time ago they said that that nobody can endure more than 18 seconds of silence you know if you ask a question <laughs> just wait and they they can't they can't last they can't last more than 18 seconds and so they'll they will say something even if it is can you repeat the the question but i think that's so important because you know the the reality is is that i think in order to give a thoughtful response you do need time to think sometimes especially if it's a um you know if it's a, if it's a difficult question um you know, I've 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 had some uncomfortable interviews because of the silence, you know, where, you know, I ask a question and it just for some reason, it's just way too soul searching for that person. And they, <laughs> they freeze, and, you know, but, you know, it's like, well, you, you got to figure out you know something about your life and, and you're not going to, you know, unfortunately, you're not going to figure it out on uh, on company dollar over here. So, you know, thank you for coming in. Um but the the way that you asked that first question, you know, tell me about an experience. I love that. I love that way of framing a question because it doesn't it's not asking the um, the the applicant to invent a thought or invent a situation or um, respond to something hypothetical. Uh, you know, I. I don't like hypothetical questions at all, to be honest. Like I just, when people, when people ask me a hypothetical, I'm like, I don't know. It's a hypothetical. I'd have to, you know, we'd see when we get there. Cause sometimes yeah. they're just so outlandish that it's like, this is, you know, this is a waste of my time. But when you ask a question of tell me about an experience where that gives them something contextual, that gives them something concrete and they're going to go back to an experience and they're going to tell you how they actually responded. And, you know, hopefully they're honest and truthful people. Um, but, you know, it's really, I mean, in an interview, when you're on the spot like that, it is kind of hard, unless you're like a pathological liar, to just invent something, um, you know, when, when you're talking about real experiences. So I really love that. Um, so, so you go through the process of the, of the interview. And um, what, are, what are some of the you mentioned that one of the red flags is just kind of that negative energy um, degrading in, in other, uh, you know, coworkers, um, you know, not accepting responsibility for anything, um, you know, all those kind of, you know, negative character traits. What are some of the more sneaky red flags? Um, one of the things that I, I love doing interviews because you never know you're, what you're going to run into. Mm -hmm. And I interviewed a woman for an office position and, um, every time, like you would try to, she was just like a very typical, all I can say is politician mm -hmm. where they, they never really answer the question. And, and so what I, what we have for our customer, for our clients, uh, with our business is we have kind of like a little checklist uh, mm -hmm. that you put down and then you go from you go from job to job so you chronologically you pick a job in the past and you go forward and you ask basically kind of the same questions mm -hmm. like your mm -hmm. likes and dislikes and then and you fill out the form so if they don't answer the question you can see it on your mm -hmm. form mm -hmm. because some people are really great 
at just not answering the question and they'll deflect it and then they'll start talking about something else and right you know, and and you're and you all of a sudden been talking for an hour and you realize they haven't answered a single one of my questions i have no idea whether they can use quickbooks yeah you know or whether you know because they haven't given me any concrete examples but they were really chatty and really friendly and very nice but you didn't get any information right so i right, think right. i think that's that's one of the one of the hardest ones to process because they weren't negative. They were nice, mm -hmm. but they also really didn't give you any information at all about whether they know anything about uh, how to do the job. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's good. That's good. A little spin. You got to watch out for that. Um, so, so I think, you know, finding, um, you know, asking questions to figure out whether they can do the job, I think, you know, that's, um, I, you know, for a painter, I think that we know, you know, some of those questions, you know, like I, you know, I might ask, you know, how, how many gallons of paint do you think it would take to, you know, paint this, the room that we're in? You know, I've asked that before. And, uh, you know, a painter who would, who would know, you know, they'd be like, well, one to two gallons, not that big of a room, you know, but a painter who has, you know, somebody who comes in and, and touts like they know what they're doing. And they're like, oh, this is going to take three to five gallons. Then you, it's like, OK, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, but for interviewing to figure out whether they're going to fit the company culture or the core values that they um, that they can embody, because I'm a believer that like I don't have time to, you know, as much as I want to mentor in life and as much as I want to like, you know, be a a, a, a developer of people there's there's only so much that i have time for and and if you're coming to work for me you kind of have to have some of those core values already uh just as, in as a part of your upbringing like the the way that you were raised you you kind of have to have those already or it's a no-go for me that's just me um yep. so how do we ask questions that pull out whether or not they uh, they have those character traits, they have those core values. What are, what, how should we ask those questions? Well, those are, those are a bunch of, we, in, in the class that we give, we have tons of different questions that you ask to kind of, to kind of figure that out. Uh, you know, one of the things that you could think about doing is uh, you try and figuring that out more in the references, mm. which it's amazing to me how many people don't do references. Yeah. And it's more amazing to me how many employees will put down a name of somebody who's going to give them a bad reference. Yeah. And um, I had a, I did a reference check on somebody and the guy had attacked his previous employer with a hatchet. And he put him down as a reference. <laughs> That's pretty bizarre. <laughs> I was like, really? Because so many people don't call. They just don't bother to call. Yeah. But, you know, you can call you call the references and ask them, you know, how did he get along with his coworkers? Uh, you know, was, you know, attendance is a huge thing. You know, was, was that person, you know, uh, were they prompt on attendance? Mm -hmm. You know, did they, you know, were they, were they able to, you know, it was a full-time job. Were they able to consistently work full-time hours or did they you know were they consistently out 
you can't yeah. really ask anything about sick leave because if it was a if it was uh if it was related to either like ada or fmla in sick leave you can't ding them for it but you know if you just ask in general about their attendance mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. how you know how did they show up you know how how did they leave the construction site at the end of the day were they you know did they leave it a mess were they you know did they have cigarette butts everywhere did they have their tra lunch trash everywhere mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kind of you know asking things about that and you can ask your employees about that also like if 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 leaving a job site is something that you that you know your company prides themselves on is leaving the job site clean yeah you can ask that person like how did they lay how you know how do you like your job site to reflect but they all know the answer is going to be we you know that you want it to be clean right you right, know right. so so you know when you ask kind of questions like that where you're already kind of projecting the answer because everybody knows Mm -hmm. then you might not necessarily, you're not going to get, Oh yeah, God, I'm a terrible slob. I hate throwing my stuff in the trash. You yeah. Know? Right. Right. <laughs> you know, so, so doing those kind of things in a reference check is where you're going to get a lot more answers, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I, I have to be honest, you know, the, the reference check for me um, was always, kind of uncomfortable like it always gave me a little bit of uh you know i don't know for some reason i just got a little nervous about it a little anxious about about calling them and which is odd because i'm not that kind of person like i'm a fairly extroverted person um i you know certainly i do interviews a lot uh, especially now as a podcast host um it, it you wouldn't think that that would give me a you know, a little anxiety, but it did. And I'm not really unsure. I'm not really sure why, but I know that that caused me to, um, you know, not do it all the time and to sometimes, um, you know, just not be very prepared. I never felt super prepared for a reference interview. I mean, I feel like I had a good interview process for the interviewee, but I don't think that I had a good process for reference checks and it sounds like uh we need to maybe think just as critically about the reference checks as we do the interview itself is that fair uh that is a hundred percent right on i tell people when you're doing your reference checks you want to almost be interviewing that person because it is significant there's a significant amount number of people who will fake a reference. Mm -hmm. They'll say, hey, will you pretend like you were uh, my boss at this job to their friend? So we have like reference check handouts that we give our members and we can help them develop questions. And so like one of the things that we recommend our, our employers do is you ask the date, like well, when did they come, when did they start working for you and when did they leave? And then once again, we go chronologically, you pick a point in time in the past, like four jobs ago, let's say, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then you ask that person, when did they start and when did they leave? And then you get oh, the date. When I don't know left. if I would be able to figure that out. I don't know if I'd remember that as an employer. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't well, know. What did they say? <laughs> right, exactly. But, uh, but, you know, you can get, they'll, they'll have the dates, you know, and if it was an employee that made us, that made a statement by walking out in a storm, they're going to yeah. remember those dates. Yeah, for and, sure. 
And then you ask them, where do you think they went next? Do you know where they went next? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then you move on to the next job that they supposedly went to. And if it wasn't that job that they went to, then they could be kind of hiding a three month or a four month job that didn't work out very well yeah. in that time frame. Uh, so, so cause job hopping is, is something that no employer likes because you don't want to hire somebody on and have them leave in three to four months just to go somewhere else. Yeah, totally. I mean, especially so, in our trade, it, 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 you know, half the time it takes a year for, you know, young apprentice to even catch up to speed. So it's, um, yeah, you can't, you got to retain these people. So can you, um, on, a, on the call previously, you said that, that you can actually call. Um, non-listed references, which is something that I had never heard of. I've never thought of. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah. The only thing that you want to make sure that you don't do is you don't want to risk their current job that they're at. Okay. So they might not be telling that current employer, I'm looking for another job. Sure. Which so, is fine. You know, everybody's allowed to go look for their own job and, yeah. uh, so you don't want to call somebody they're currently working for or in any way risk that job. But if they don't list a reference on there, so if they are kind of trying to like hide that three month stint at that company that mm -hmm. didn't work out, mm -hmm. you can call that company and ask them for, for a reference. Um, if they maybe were an independent painting contractor and they were doing their own thing on the side, Mm -hmm. and they had customers, you could call those customers, even if they didn't list them as references. Uh, you can call basically anybody you want, as long as you're not going to be listing, listing their current, you know, hurting their current job that they're in. Got it. Got it. Might take a little, a uh, little bit of investigating, which is a challenge with how, how little time we have right now in the, in the hiring process. Um, so, Tell me a little bit about, and, and this, I think this is kind of the last section, because in your, in your um, expo, you know, I want to remind everybody that, that uh, Wendy's going to be uh, speaking at expo. Um, a lot of this conversation about hiring is ultimately about getting a person who's going to stick around. Um, because you can have a great interview process. You can get, a, you know, you can get a lot of people to say yes to the job. But unless they stay for, you know, two, three years at the least, um, you know, you're going to be wasting a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort on training somebody who's not going to stick around. How do we get people to stay? Uh, retention is a good work environment. Most of the people right now are leaving jobs because they just don't have a good work environment. And it really is bringing people in and making them feel like they're part of the group. That's okay. one, that's one thing that I could say that I think would probably be, I mean, there's a lot of other things that you need to do. You need to advertise your benefits. This, the, I was thinking while you were introducing me and you were talking about the health benefits mm -hmm. that you can offer, that is a great way to retain Sure. But, yeah. you know, that and that's a great way to advertise. That's just I mean, that's just a no brainer for hiring and keeping employees is having health benefits. Right. And any other benefits that you have. But you want to make sure that, you know, they know how to access them, that they can use them. Uh, and then you get you you explain your benefits to them. You make them feel 
uh, like they're part of the, you know, the family that they mm. come into. Mm-hmm. One, a, a, another great way to do that is if you can like give a mentor or mm-hmm. somebody that, you know, on their first day, you go around, you introduce them to everybody. And if they're working on a certain job site, you can assign a mentor to them for that job site so that they, you know, they're like, okay, I don't know where the bathroom is, you know, yeah, you know, you want them to feel at home and that they have somebody that they can reach out to if they have a question. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That, that, that I think is probably a, a, a big can of worms. Maybe it's a whole nother topic that we bring you back for. Um, but I, it, it's got my mind thinking, you know, especially going back to that initial question I had of, you know, bringing them to a job site just to do a little bit of, um, just a small skills challenge to see how they got. Now you're going to have to do some, uh, you know, you're going to have to do some prep to make sure that they don't, you know, mess things up. But what a, what a great space to introduce them to the team so that, you know, the, the team can at least do a vibe check, but you, but they also kind of get to see who their future coworkers might be. Um, they get to see the reality of what, you know, they're, they're going to be facing, um, but I think more importantly, it gives you an opportunity to include your team in this idea of, Hey guys, uh, you know, we want to make sure that working here is a, is a really fun experience for everybody. We want to make sure that we're not bringing people in that are going to mess your vibe and make you leave. Um, so, you know, teaching them, I guess, and coaching them into like, Hey, I'm going to bring somebody by. I'm going to introduce them. I want you guys to be, you know, warm and cordial and inviting, you know, let's not, you know, let's not have that outsider men, outsider insider mentality. Um, being part of the group, being part of a community. I think that is so critical. It's something that I, I think very, I think about a lot just in terms of, uh, my, uh, uh, my profession as a, as a marketer, I think about community a lot and the, and the impact that it has on people's decision-making their desire to, to belong to something, to do something, um, that I, that, that little nugget there being part of the group, I think is something that I hope our contractor listeners, uh, really, really think about. Um, okay. Wendy, if we get this right, if we get the hiring right, what can we expect to see? What are the benefits of going through this, this, you know, this process of really, really honing in our hiring and uh, uh, reference calling skills? Well, you're going to hire the right person, which is going to make your team work more productive. And even if you hire, you know, if it's, if it's a good fit, even if that person maybe skills aren't up to completely where you need them, if they're a good fit, then your other team members will be happy to train them. You know, I mean, you're not, I'm not talking about completely lack of skills, but mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. if, if they're kind of, you know, you know, if they're kind of not exactly where you need them to be, then you'll have a much better time with have your team members participate in making that person where they need to go. And, you know, and you would want to assess if the skills are not there. Is it a, just a lack of knowledge or a lack of ability? And if it's a lack of knowledge, then that, those are easy things to fix. 
you know, you Excellent. can train, you can train people. So, Definitely. and then you'll, you, you know, you can, oh, you can get a better communication with your team so that you'll know when they're working for you, you know, is this, is this a knowledge thing or is it an ability thing? If right. they're just not going to have the ability to get it right, you know, like they're a painter and if they're colorblind, that's an ability that's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely can be. <laughs> can be a yeah. challenge. So you wanna, yeah. You want to assess, you know, what is it? Is it knowledge or ability? If it's knowledge, you can fix it. Yep. If it's ability, you know, you, there, there are workarounds, you know, like I'm really short and, you know, so ladders would be my, you know, workaround for my ability of being really short as a painter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, uh, but, you know, so then you can, so it's then you can It's good to have a tall guy and a short guy on a team. That's the, you know, there, there are certain spaces <laughs> that the tall guys just can't get into that, you know, it's, uh, it's, yep. yeah. It's exactly. like, uh, it's so, like, uh, 101 Dalmatians, Cruella's, you know, henchman. There was a short guy and a tall guy. That's what you got to have. Yep. You need a little, you need a mixture of everything. Mm -hmm. So, so when you, you know, you bring them in and you get a good hire, everything, you know, things work smoothly. Uh, you know, t people, people work harder when they enjoy their job. Uh, when they, you know, when they know the people that they work with. I, you know, I live here, I live out in Montana and our employment shortage is terrible here. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I have a fun job. I have, you know, outside of owning my own business, I have a fun job that I do on the weekends and I enjoy my job so much and my coworkers that I've been putting in extra hours. Yeah. So, uh, but so, you know, when you, when you can get that kind of flow, people tend to, to do more. And, right. they, you know, they might work more hours if you're short or if you have a deadline that you need to meet it, you know, if it's a good, if they, if they're a good fit for your company. That's right. That's awesome. Uh, Wendy, where do we find more about um, Employer eSource? Uh, you can just go to our website, employeresource.com, or you can always email me at wendy at employeresource.com. And uh, I look forward to talking at your guys' convention and going more on HR and maybe about the paperwork and the legal side of it a little bit. Yeah, awesome. Uh, from what I understand, you always have a lot of people um, asking questions at the end of your presentations. You know, the, the room fills up. So uh, definitely check out Wendy Christie's uh, talk at Expo. Um, the, again, Expo is going to be uh, or in Orlando March 2nd through the 4th. And uh, it's going to be a really, really great time. Wendy, thank you so much for being on Paint Ed. Thank you very much. All right, there you have it. There's Wendy Christie with EmployerEsource.com. Uh, uh, really great uh, benefit to our community. I'm glad that she's going to be on the show coming up uh, in or on the uh, in the expo coming up in in March. Again, the date on that is March 2nd through the 4th. A uh, lot of fun stuff, a lot of great things planned there. Um, if you are not a member of the PCA, I strongly, strongly, strongly encourage you to become one. There's so many benefits. In particular, those PCA medical benefits that we talked about on the show. If you are having a hard time retaining your employees, consider offering them benefits, health benefits. Okay. There are not too many companies, construction companies in general that are offering medical benefits. In fact, our trade association is one of the first to be able to offer uh, uh, trade association, association wide benefits program 
Um, that is because of some laws that have changed and enabled associations to offer group plans. This is a really awesome, awesome benefit to take advantage of. I strongly encourage you to do it. And the only way to be able to access these plans, of course, is to be a PCA member. So go to PCA uh, Paint Ed, uh, or yeah, go to PCAPaintEd.org to um, enlist in these, PCAMedicalBenefits.com. Um, really great resource. Uh, well, there it is, folks. There's our show. Um, I know that we've been talking a lot about hiring. Um, it is one of the most important, one of the biggest problems that we're facing. Um, for some of you guys that maybe this, you know, this winter, uh, things got a little slim and a little bare, um, you know, spring is just around the corner. It's just a couple months away and you're going to be, uh, needing to find people to hire. You got to have a plan. Okay. This is a great episode on that. So go back, re-listen to it and implement. You got to do that. Thank you for watching Paint Ed. Paint Ed podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.